You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. But I'm so honored to be able to be preaching this morning. And I'm so excited to be able to share. Uh, We are in a mini-series on prayer. Really important thing to really understand when we're Christians. Um, But before I get into this word, I just want to honor my amazing husband. I love you. You're such an incredible husband, dad, pastor. I love that uh, here at Awaken Church, the men really provide such an incredible covering for us ladies to come and, and be empowered to use our voices. You know, submission just means coming under a mission. And Pastor Jurgen does such an incredible job, but also my husband at giving room for all of us to step out in faith and to see God do the miraculous. So I'm so grateful for our church, so grateful for the covering you provide me and our kids and all of us here at Eastlake. I love Eastlake. Isn't it just the best? We're the best. I hope they podcast that so everyone else knows. I'm just kidding. Um, Okay, focus. So we are in a series on prayer. Yay. And uh, honestly, there's so much that I could share. There's so many stories that I could share that you guys could be sitting in here all day long. Don't worry. I'm going to stick to time. I have a word from God that he wants me to share with you. Um, But I've been... um, really thinking about my own prayer life and the journey that I've been on. And this whole message is really just a lot of what I've gone through and what I'm going through in my journey of following God, of stepping out and really understanding what prayer is. Like, what is prayer? Like, it's not just, you know, when I grew up, I was a just prayer, silent prayer. All right, so let me explain what that is. I would never pray out loud, ever, Um, Unless it was like, God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food, amen. And then I walked into this church and people are just like going for it, you know, in the name of Jesus, I bind and I break on earth as it is in heaven. I'm like, whoa, I like it. I want to do that. And so I'm like, okay, pick me, I'm going to try. And I (laughs) I would pray just, Lord, just, and my voice would shake and I like, felt so mighty and then I would open my mouth and it was like not mighty (laughs) and I had to learn how to pray Um, and if you guys were here last week my husband preached an amazing message about prayer and really tackled some really important questions normal questions that we have about God and our prayer life Um, and that's a lot of his story but my my story is I've always like connected with like the Disney princesses and like going out and conquering things. But I had to learn what it actually looked like, what it actually felt like. And I'm so grateful for this church because I stepped into this church and I learned how to pray. I learned what prayer was. And this morning, I want you to think about your own prayer life. Maybe you were like me when I came in and it's really uncomfortable or foreign for you to pray out loud. Maybe you are thundering away, intercessor, you know, like level 10 prayer warrior. This message is for you too. Um, But I want you to zoom out, okay? Because what I've realized about myself is the stance that I am taking really affects the prayers that I pray. And there's um, this incredible scripture that I want to share with you, but 
the word that God gave for me for this morning was unshakable. Unshakable. So the title of my message is Unshakable. And there's a scripture in Hebrews. And if you were here a few weeks ago, I'm plugging all of the preachers, but Pastor Stacy spoke an amazing word called the great shaking. And so when I heard unshakable, I was like, this is kind of funny because Stacy just preached about everything shaking. And now God, you're speaking unshakable. But what's amazing is that the scripture that she preached on, the very next next scripture talks about being unshakable. So I'm going to read both of the scriptures together. Hebrews 12, 26 through 28 says this. At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain. So this is what I'm going to preach on. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so we worship God with reverence and awe, for God is an all-consuming fire. Amen? Amen. So what does it look like to be unshakable? We were um, at a staff retreat last week, and Pastor Jurgen said something that really stuck to me. And he said that it's time to move from a posture of adore to war. It's time to move from adore to war. You see, back in the 70s and 80s, a lot of the worship songs, the old school worship was all around spiritual warfare. Like, onward Christian soldier, marching on to battle. If you were in Sunday school with felt boards, you know what I'm talking about. But then we, we got into the early 2000s, and the songs shifted to be very introspective. And it was like, open the eyes of my heart, Lord, I want to see you, right? Like all these songs are just like in my feelings with God, and it's so wonderful to be in God's presence, and I could just stay here forever. And that's great, and there's a season for that. But now we are back in a time of war. And so as a church, we need to move from adore to war, from adore to war. But what does that look like? I remember um, five years ago, so I've been going to Cherish Prayer for five years. And I remember five years ago, God took me back and we were praying prayers like this. God, expose the corruption, expose the evil. We know that it needs to be ripped out. It needs to be plucked out. Things need to be exposed in order for there to be restoration and revival. And we just faithfully like pray these prayers. Like, come on, God. Back when, I mean, literally five years ago. Fast forward to 2020 and 2021. And didn't he do it? (laughs) Didn't he expose all the evil and all the corruption? And it's all coming to the surface. It's all coming out of the shadows. And I'm going to be honest with you. There are moments where I'm like, go back down. Like, go. No, maybe I didn't want this. This is nuts. Stop. It's like the can of worms. It just keeps popping out. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, is there an end to this? Wow. But in that verse, it says to be thankful when it happens. When the great shaking happens, we stand in an unshakable kingdom and to be grateful and worship God that he's doing that because that is the doorway to restoration. That is the doorway to revival. 
And it's so exciting because God has chosen us to be born for such a time as this, in this hour of history. But we have to understand the times in which we are living in. We're in a culture war. Did you guys know that back in the 1960s, they made a law taking the Bible out of school, prayer out of school. So before the 1960s, you sent your kid off on the bus, they went to their classroom, and they learned about the Bible in public school. They prayed before they started their day. They said the Pledge of Allegiance to the American flag. And then 1960, a different uh, era came in, you know, the hippies, the drugs, all the things like that you see, flower child, all of it. And with that, secularism came in. And ever since then, it's been creeping in. And the Christians, I think, got a little sleepy. And we got a little in our feelings with adoring. And we find ourselves being awakened in 2020 to a culture war, a battle for the minds of our youth, a battle for the principles that keep our religious liberties intact, a battle for choice to be intact, medical freedoms, religious freedoms, parenting freedoms. It's all up for grabs right now. So what do we do? Do we freak out? Do we put our head in the sand? Well, don't worry, that's what I'm preaching on today, okay? <laughs> because here's the thing, you guys. It is expected for the world to be shaken. It is expected, it's said in the Bible, but it is a promise that we will never be. It is expected for the world to be shaken, but it is a promise that we will never be. And the Bible over and over and over shows us that though the winds come, though the crazy happens, we are able to stand on solid ground. We're God's children, but we are also God's army. And we have to understand how to operate as both at the same time. We can't just be a child of God. We are commissioned to go out into battle, just as the songs of our childhood spoke of, and actually fight the good fight. And so I'm going to practically show you some scriptures and I'm prophesying and believing that we're gonna leave here feeling empowered. We're gonna leave understanding where to put our footing, how to stand on, this, on the solid ground that God gives us and promises us through our word. Okay, point number one, he equips us. He equips us. He doesn't just send us out onto the front lines in a hospital gown with our backside exposed. Like he gives us the armor of God and he gives us a commission. And I love that the Bible does not leave anything out. You don't have to be confused. You don't have to wonder like, okay, what do I do? Like I just accepted Jesus or I just rededicated my life to him. I'm back in church. Now what? Well, practically, practically DNA and connect group, but <laughs> zooming out. And again, I want you to think about this in the context of your prayer life. Zooming out, God equips us with an assignment. 
And this assignment you bring into your sphere, you bring into your job. When you're at Chick-fil-A working, praise the Lord, Christian chicken. If you're in and out, if you're at the bank, if you're a lawyer, if you're a doctor, if you're a teacher, no matter what your vocation is, you bring your assignment into your vocation. And you see God do the impossible. So one of the most concise scriptures that I believe really clearly shows us our assignment is found in Isaiah 61, 1 through 4. And I'm just going to bullet point out for you guys what you can look for and what you can expect as a Christian armored up, fighting the good fight on unshakable ground. Proclaim the good news to the poor. We get to do that. High five, Miguel. That was amazing, by the way. He's given a good, new, a good news message, tithing message, and then just steps back and starts worshiping. Whoa, that's how we do it at Eastlake. He, <laughs> I love that. That was like highlight of my day, I think. Okay, proclaim the good news to the poor. Bind up the brokenhearted. We go through hard things. Jesus said that this life would not be free of pain or free of of trauma or free of trouble, but he said, take heart, I have overcome the world. And he has given us each other to bind up the brokenhearted, to mourn with those who are mourning, to comfort those who need to be comforted. And all of this is shared in Isaiah 61. The oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of the spirit of, of despair, to rebuild ancient ruins and restore the places of long devastates, to renew the ruined cities, devastated for generations. Church, this is what we get to do. This is our assignment, that we will be called priests and name ministers. Did you know that when you become a Christian, you're not just the one sitting and looking at the preacher. You become a minister of the gospel because Jesus lives on the inside of you and the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. And you can do everything that you see us do. We're normal people just like you. I would have been a little bit confused by that 10 years ago, but now I am up here and I realize how much we're in it together. We're in it together. We have the same Holy Spirit. When you're at work and somebody comes and they've you know, twisted their ankle and they're super upset over, you know, a family member, you pray with the same power and authority. Jesus said, greater you will do than what I ever did on earth. That is for you just as, it, as much as it is for me, the one bringing the word of God today. So he gives us our assignment, but then he equips us with the armor of God. And I'm going to shameless plug, read your Bible. <laughs> Don't just let Sundays and Wednesdays and the messages be the only bread of life that you get. Read your Bible. Read it. It, it literally will change everything. You will begin to develop such a deep relationship. And if you seek a deeper prayer life, spending time in the Word is the best way to do it. Outside of going to cherish prayer and men's prayer. Uh, but I'm actually just going to read a scripture to you. It's like Bible reading, old school. I'm bringing all the old school back this morning, but I kind of like it. All right, so I'm literally going to read what the armor of God is, okay? Ephesians 6, 10 through 17. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. 
put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so when the day comes, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand, stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. How beautiful is the word of God? I mean, just reading that scripture, when I read that scripture, I couldn't just summarize it. It's powerful. It is what cuts through the enemy's darts, slays. Slay all day, read your Bible. And then he equips with the Holy Spirit. The verse um, 18, the last verse of that section says this, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions, all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people because we need prayer. But how powerful is that? God gives us an assignment. He says, you are a daughter, you are a son, but you are so much more than that. You are a warrior. You are a warrior. And I'm gonna equip you with everything that you need to fight your battles, to see God's kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So again, what does this look like in the context of your prayer life? Do you pray prayers from a place where you are armored up? Or did you forget your shield of faith at home? Or did you forget that the sword of the spirit was actually the sword? Because it's very easy to get caught up in the noise of the world and forget the very thing in which we find victory in those things. God equips us. Point number two. He doesn't just equip us, he trains us. He trains us. Psalm 144.1 says, Praise be to Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. He is my loving God and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield in whom I take refuge, who subdues peoples under me. That is powerful. So what this scripture is saying is that God doesn't just give us tools. He teaches us how to use them. He doesn't just fill us with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes with gifts that we can use to see our battles won, to see victory happen in our personal lives, in our family's lives, and in our community. We are in a season of war, but take heart because we have everything we need and more to stand on unshakable ground and shake the things that need to be shaken all around. 
So when was the last time that you got this fire burning in you where you stood up and said, you know what, train me, God. When's the last time you got fed up enough to do something about it? When's the last time where you allowed yourself to be awakened? When you pulled your head out of the sand, got it out of your ears, started inclining your ear up instead of down, and said, God, I'm ready. All through the Bible, we see amazing men and women that were just like you and me. This morning, I really resonated with Deborah. I'm like, and then a mother arose from Eastlake after being up all night with a sick child and made pancakes for her son, and then and went and preached the word of God. <laughs> When's the last time you said, I am ready, God send me, I'm ready, send me to the front lines. Send me, the things that make you ticked are normally the things that God wants you to do something about. And can I just say that doing something, doing something about it isn't a repost on Instagram. I'm sorry, I'm gonna offend some people. It's really easy to get confused and think, I am such a good advocate, I'm reposting every, oh, that was good, repost. Oh yeah, I know that's gonna trigger someone, repost. Listen, I'm speaking to myself, but I had this moment of conviction where God was like, are you actually praying more than you're reposting? Are you actually releasing the prophetic solutions that will change the course of history more than you are scrolling on Instagram or scrolling on New York Times or whatever your vice is? How we get our news, what we ingest, what we read, it's important to stay up to times. I'm not saying that it isn't. But we have to engage in a way where we're able to actually see victory in those places and not just add to the commentary. Because God has actually given us the sword. He's given us the tools that the other side doesn't have. The world doesn't have a sword of the spirit. They don't have anything. They're the ones running around with their backsides exposed. I don't know why I keep referring to hospital gowns, but whatever. It is time for us to engage smart, to be smart and effective so that we're not causing more discord, but we can actually bring unity in through the solutions given to us in the word of God. And if we wanna see our nation healed, if we wanna see restoration come, then we have to zoom out enough to see the schemes that the devil is playing and stop being used as chess pieces and instead become the frontline battlers to see victory. I want us to be effective. I want us to actually see things change. I wanna see school boards reverse. I wanna see governor recalled. I want to see godly people in the right positions of authority that will bring in righteousness. And just as it says in the scriptures, when the righteous are leading the land, then the entire city flourishes. And we carry that on the inside of us. And so that's why it's so important when we are praying that we allow God to train our hands for battle, that we allow God to equip us because it doesn't just automatically happen. You don't just wake up one day and you're, you know, praying with authority and seeing things change and, and change breaking off people and people healed. As Mike preached last week, you acquire the faith to see God move in the things that you acquire in that specific area.
for me even, it's been a new thing that I've intentionally tried to acquire faith and step out in faith to see God heal. Because I know how many people are hurting in this time. And I know how important it is for people to physically see with their very own eyes, God moving. And so I have put myself in some very, in my mind, like scary situations where I'm doubling down, like God's gonna heal you. And he does because I have been working and praying, God, give me the faith. Give me the, may I acquire the faith to change school board's minds. So I show up and I go and I sign my name and I speak on behalf of the parents that can't be there. Like this is what it looks like. And I don't know what it is for you. Those are just the things that are there for me. But if we all do our part, if we all allow God to train us, if we all intentionally put on the armor of God, what will our city look like? It's gonna look good. That's what it's gonna look like. I loved, um, I love a scripture that says, God prepares a table in the presence of our enemies. It's a beautiful scripture. And I wanna touch on this because as you are being trained, you know, and you're working it out on the front lines, it's easy. And I began to notice there are a lot of believers that are um, on two sides of the table, okay? So I'm gonna speak to both of the sides. So I've been hearing a lot of people say, Katie, I'm just so tired. Like, I'm so overwhelmed at the news reports. I'm so burdened. Like, I just, I'm so tired. I'm physically exhausted. And I would say to you, that is not our portion. Peace is our portion. Our job as pastors is to help you operate from a place of overflow where you're getting filled up by God. You're getting filled up with the Holy Spirit, and that is what you minister from. That's what you love from is an overflow. So that scripture where God says he prepares a table in the presence of our enemies, you can sit down and eat. And the enemies will still be there, but you can get nourished. You can spiritually find the nutrients that you need from God, that he provides so lavishly for you, so that when you get up from that table, you are you know, energized, you have clarity, you have soundness of mind to be able to go out and do your assignment how God wants you to do it. He doesn't want you to have heaviness on your shoulders. And sometimes heaviness comes, but only so that you can pray and you pray until it lifts because we walk in peace. We walk in joy. I'm declaring September the month of Jubilee. In the midst of pain, in the midst of mourning, in the midst of the world being cray cray, we can pull down joy. We can still have that and there's no shame attached to it and there's no condemnation attached to it. So don't let the enemy rob you from the very things that are going to give you everything that you need to battle from a place of victory. All right, so that's one side of the table. And then there's the other side. There are some of us that have been feasting a little too long and are getting a little bit chubby. The COVID-20 is turning into the COVID-40 in the spiritual and you've lost your sword, you don't know where it is. You're just loving all of the bread and wine and communion and charcuterie, and it is time to get up and go to the front lines and put on your helmet and put on your breastplate of righteousness and get your shield of faith and do some work. 
And there are times for both. But it is important for you to understand where you are at, where you're going, what you need from God, what you need from community, if you're isolated. Um, And listen, you can actually be isolated while in community. It's your choice on who you open up to. You can say, yeah, I'm fine, doing great. And internally, your whole internal self is in a war and you really need some ministry. You really need some friends that can actually walk you through and have conversations in a healthy way. That's why I love connect groups. That's why I love serving because you're with the same people where you build up trust with people that are safe enough and have wisdom that aren't just going to be your yes girl. Yeah, you should be offended about that. Oh my gosh, I would be offended too. Yeah, keep on walking in that offense for the rest of your life. No, don't do that. Okay, I am convinced after being on social media that you can find anyone to amen anything that you want an amen on. So we have to walk in discernment and wisdom on who to talk to about the things that you are are thinking about. The right people, like a connect leader who have wisdom. Find somebody that has breakthrough in the very thing that you need breakthrough in. Find somebody that's walked through the same fire you're going through and doesn't smell like smoke on the other end. This is how we train and sharpen one another. This is how we learn how to fight our battles well. Why God said that he has given us an army. We are an army, not just a soldier. We are the army of God. So we have to learn how to fight well against the enemy, but also fight well with one another. That's all I have to say about that. Um, I think that sometimes it's really easy to get almost like paralyzed in your mind. Like, okay, all this sounds really good. Yes, I'm ready. Uh, Now what? Well, the Bible talks about that too. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. You don't know everything. And God knows that, but God knows everything. And he is ready and willing to tell you everything that you need to go through the season that you find yourself in so that you can battle from an unshakable ground with victory, trained up, equipped, surrounded, and you're going to see heaven come. Amen? Amen. The last point I have is he establishes. He establishes. When we say yes to God, when we understand our assignment, when we understand how to equip ourselves, we start praying from a place of victory so that our prayers are not marked with defeat. We then begin to see things established. The King James Bible Dictionary says that um, to establish something is to enact or decree by authority and for permanence, to ordain, appoint, to establish laws, regulations, institutions, rules, ordinances, to ratify what has previously been set or made, to settle or fix what is wavering, doubtful or weak, to confirm, to set up in the place of another and confirm. The Bible talks so much about establishing, but I really believe that in order to have a very powerful prayer life, to establish things in the spiritual and in the natural and in the physical, in our families, we have to do it with the right posture, 
standing on solid ground, not on sand, armored up, trained up, and you're gonna see God do the most amazing miracles. You're gonna see things established in a way that you never thought possible. In Proverbs, it says, the heart of man plans his way, but it is the Lord that establishes his steps. How amazing is that? You can't mess it up. You just say yes. You follow the word of God. I used to be so afraid that I was gonna miss out on on God's will for my life because I didn't have a 10-year plan. And I remember even last year, going through the year that we went through, we went through a lot of hard things. And there were moments where I was faced with a choice of if I was gonna let myself slip into the sand, or if I was gonna choose to stand on the Word of God and believe this Word for myself. We had a family member take their life and her daughter moved in with us. And I remember thinking, this is too much. It was right in the middle of COVID. We were learning how to pastor. We were learning how to navigate through a lot of things. And I just remember this moment where I went on a run and I was just crying out to God. Like, I don't feel armored up. I don't feel like I'm on solid ground. I feel like everything around me is totally nuts and bonkers right now. And I just remember God saying, Katie, I'm here. In Hebrews, it says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. When the storms come, He never changes. When you go through the unimaginable, He never changes. And he wants you to know that he's there for you. And battling sometimes looks like being honest with God, but still choosing to stand on the rock. The first scripture that came to mind when I started preparing this message is found in Psalm 62, one through two. It says, truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. And I I want that scripture for you today. I want you to be able to go through the storms of life, knowing to be able to say, truly, God is my rock and my salvation. The world wants us to put salvation into a lot of different things into self, into modern medicine. But we know that the only one that truly saves, the only one that can heal the broken heart, we can bind it up, but it's only Jesus that can heal. And he's here today. And he wants you to live a life where you can sit down at his table in the presence of your enemies in the midst of grief, in a season of unknown, in an hour of history of war, and to be able to say, wow, I'm on solid ground. And people will notice, people will notice, and they will want what you have. And that's how revival happens. 
You know that most of you in here either noticed that in somebody, so you wanted to come see it for yourself, or you were invited by somebody that experienced it and loved you enough to make sure that you got here so that you wouldn't have to stand on sand anymore. And I believe that God wants to establish some things this morning. For some of you, He wants to establish salvation. For others of you, He wants to establish your stance in prayer so that you won't be a, if it's your will, God, I just hope maybe you're gonna transition to, I declare the word of God over this. I prophesy over that. I stand on an unshakable ground, establishing a kingdom that will never be shaken. That's what's offered to us. So if you could all stand to your feet and bow your head and close your eyes. Just really feel uh, God's presence here. It's very sweet. How amazing that God's presence as a warrior can actually translate into gentle. If you just close your eyes, I just want you to have a moment with God. Think about your prayers lately. And if you haven't been praying to God, think about your thoughts. Allow God to locate your heart. He's not afraid of feelings. He's not afraid of emotions, but He is after your heart. He wants to establish you so that you can war through this season with joy. You can war through this season equipped and empowered to stand on the rock. And if you would like to say yes to God in a new way this morning, maybe you've never said yes to God, maybe you've never received salvation, maybe you have gone through a season of isolation, isolation from community, or maybe just isolation of being honest with your community, I wanna give you an opportunity to respond as well, to be established today, to become unshakable. So if that's you with every head bowed and eye closed, just raise your hand so I can see you. No one else is looking around you. Great, I see these two hands over here. Thank you, Jesus. I see your hand, I see your hand. If you want to, to tell the Lord today that you wanna do this with Him, that you don't wanna operate from a place of defeat, but you wanna operate from a place of victory, just raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. I see your hand. Thank you, God. There's six or seven of you that have lifted your hands. Thank you, God, I see your hand. Let God minister to you in this moment. Even for those of you that, you know, maybe it's not your day to reestablish, but you just wanna feel empowered again. I actually had a vision um, during the first service of people coming out from the sand onto the rock. And I'm just gonna pray really quick over everyone. God, I just thank you, Lord, that you are putting us on a firm foundation this morning. I thank you, Jesus, that you are our rock. You are our salvation. We don't have to fear. We can operate from places of peace, places of power, places of love because of what you did on the cross. 
And for every hand raised, God, I thank you, Jesus, that they are making a commitment to know you in a new way, God. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that no devil will be able to rob from them this moment. God, I thank you, Lord, that they are established, that they are your sons and your daughters, and that we are warriors for Christ, and we are not afraid of the front lines, but we are being sent in, being trained up, that we will see your kingdom established on earth as it is in heaven. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.